This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online access to licensed counselors. It's therapy you can do from your couch. So if something in your life is making you feel stuck or unhappy or frustrated and you could use some help, try talking to a therapist and start with BetterHelp. All you have to do is fill out a quick online survey and they'll match you with a counselor within 48 hours. And if you don't like that counselor for any reason, you can switch to a different person free of charge. To try BetterHelp and also really help out our show, you can head to trybetterhelp.com slash helpmebeme and you'll get 10% off your first month of therapy. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode called Rock Bottom, basically about how to turn around when you are in a state of paralyzing shame. So this is for anyone who wakes up and feels like a different person, one who they don't really like, and you can't really do anything about it. Maybe you did something really terrible and you thought you knew yourself, but now you realize you don't know yourself. It could be an action or a revelation about yourself, something you couldn't see before, something you don't like, you don't want to be, something you don't want to have done. It's paralyzing and it's ugly and it's crippling in how it affects life. So maybe you just sat down and cried for hours and all you can do to try and move on is to try and forget it, but you can't because it's true. It exists. This is rock bottom. The worst, worst, worst of days. Where do you go from here? That's what this episode is about. Because the hardest, most impossible changes we make are a choice. And that's what we're going to do in this episode. So before I go on, I just want to say, whatever you have done, I'm not condoning it. This is not to listen to and then repeat terrible actions. It's about how to start the process of taking the right actions. It's about turning a very vital, painful corner. Because that is what counts. What you do now is what counts. And this is a shorter episode because it's a really simple message. The goal of this episode is to help you turn around. Because I know this feeling so well. It's... It's so seductive. It's like all you can really think of is wallowing in the intense shame and hating the person you are, the hating that you've done this action. And it's inescapable and therefore impossible not to lean into the purgatory that is hating yourself. However, It seems like it's unselfish because you're actively siding against yourself, but it ironically is the most selfish thing you could do. And I know it feels impossible to escape, but that is what you must in fact do. You must accept as best you can what, where you are and think of it like you're processing poison. Like you've got to Slowly move it through your body a little bit at a time while you take steps in service of caring for yourself. Like your body is sick and it's still full of poison, but you must be active in 
moving through self-care actions during this process and set the goal at the very least the only goal to have from here is making it right using this pain as a method to make a turn and you have this capacity within you even despite this evil this darkness you have the capacity to turn around and make it right and what that looks like is different for everybody making it right will be you know a lifelong quest but you're here now and I want to ask you what are you going to do about it that is where I want to pause because you must do something about it you have to get out of the selfish state of self-loathing Self-loathing can easily devour decades of life, or it can devour your entire life. It can take the lives of others with it. And it takes so much joy and so much greatness and so much good from the world. And it could be just strangers that would benefit from your mistakes. You can make so much right if you can just start the process of turning around. It's really easy to stay in the darkness and hate yourself. But this is the place that validates the wrongful, hurtful act. It makes it mean more than it should, and it gives it a legacy and a throne, allowing it to usurp your soul. You become its minion. So I want to play out two different scenarios for you. In one, you push yourself, poisoned, stumbling in the right direction, in making amends, in getting the right kind of education and rehab for what has been done, you learn and you make change gradually. And then you become a servant of good, one learned in a way that others are not. And because of this pain, you know, you give more than others would. And because of your knowledge of the darkness, you are able to guide others out of it and you are humbled and able to appreciate all that is good, or, or at the very least, appreciate the absence of misery, and in, in a way that other people can't. The other scenario is you remain in the darkness, in a self-involved loop of self-punishment. And here, nothing is served except the original wrongdoing. The act you hate becomes the star of your life. And nothing except misery is allowed to come. But this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you are choosing it if you remain here. And I get it. I know that feeling so well. It feels impossible to change the sentence. It, it's something that when brought to conscious mind can be so painful. That a lot of people just can't think of it. Like we, we often block these kinds of thoughts. And instead we have all the feelings associated with the thought, but then we start attributing them to something else in our life. So we'll start acting out the feelings and creating more palatable and probable sources for ourselves so we can survive. And that is because what makes us ashamed can be literally too painful to tolerate. But when this is the case and we avoid confronting what has happened or we stuff it away and keep stuffing it away and self-medicating, it still lives, 
But instead, it just becomes a part of us. We won't be able to see it as separate. So you might start living out millions of just many damning actions that align with these feelings of dread and self-hate. You'll take these actions that you feel you deserve, that make sense for a person, quote, like you, but you cannot recall the origin of the feelings. It's like being dark and rotten on the inside of your skin. And because it's the core, it feels like nothing can wash it out. It's like being dead alive. But when you live like this, it hurts more than just you. It hurts the world. But I get it. It's so intense. The inner grime that won't go away, it's unbearable. But I want to let you know, we all have the capacity for darkness. To reach the baseline of of human nature. We all have that capacity. It's something we would love to forget or sometimes we just don't know it until something happens and lots of things happen and then we get pushed to a limit or life just hands us a bunch of experiences or hurdles that allow us to fall into the worst possible version of ourselves or we succumb or we don't even know it's coming and then suddenly we're shocked by our own behavior. And whatever it is, it's horrifying. And then what we have to do is mourn. We have to mourn the loss of our old self-image, the loss of innocence, the loss of happiness. And we'd love to hit the rewind button or the delete button. But I know it's a, it's a vague description I've given because I don't know your exact situation. But let's say it's acting out in a way that you thought you were better than. I just like to remind you that when people are unable to meet their basic needs, we have less control over all of our actions. And that is because we're grasping and we're in a state of reactivity. So acting like the person you want to be can be looked at as a luxury. If you are stressed and you are unable to meet your basic needs, or you're degraded by your life, you're triggered, you're overwhelmed, or a blend of any of these things, there is a breaking point. When you have a stew of all the things that remove the body's ability to regulate, you lose autonomy. And it's not to say it's not you, or you are not to take responsibility, because you're absolutely, you have to take responsibility But it's to say, it's you minus the smarter, truer part of who you are. So what needs to occur right now is for you to work on how to give back power and control to the smarter and truer part of who you are. Why this hurts so much, why you are in so much agony at this time, is you really, really hurt yourself. And by doing this thing, you violated your own values. You betrayed your own values. And maybe you hurt someone else. Maybe you hurt someone else worse than you hurt yourself. It, I would say that is, I don't know. It's, I think that's the worst pain there is in the entire world, is hurting someone else. It's much worse than hurting yourself because you are the maker of something terrible. It's like it's death to a sense of comfort in who you are. Because you can't control it anymore. 
It's like if it's happening to you, it's tolerable. If it's, if it's pain that's caused to somebody else, it's like you feel like you're bad. It's not safe in your skin anymore. So when you see yourself as a bad person, you can never escape that feeling of shame and self-loathing. And so we swim in it because it's everywhere. And we want to wallow in it and apologize for it nonstop. And we double down on really hating ourselves. It's, it's like a version of death because it's just the truth and it will never go away. What happens in the face of this pain and suffering is we ruin life. We do it. It feels like it's a room we are confined to, but this confinement is actually a choice. Because there's a door behind you, you just have to realize it's there. And I know sometimes it feels like it's not there and, it, and it's impossible. So with that, I have a couple of tools for you. The first one, mourn in microdoses. This is a fucking terrible feeling. It's a terrible realization. And as I said, it's like processing poison. We have to allow ourselves to mourn and accept what is. And that part is really, really hard. It's so hard that it can take you down with it chemically. So I think of it as like a controlled digestion. Like you titrate it just a little bit at a time. Allowing yourself brief windows of time when you allow yourself to cry and then put it away. Allow yourself to look at it and then put it away. And I highly recommend doing this with a therapist depending on the severity of what this thing is because sometimes it's too overwhelming and scary to process and it's dangerous to process by ourselves. So uh, I highly suggest BetterHelp because it's just vetted therapists. Um, TryBetterHelp.com slash HelpMeBeMe. That's our code if you want to also help the show but Either way, a therapist is a very helpful ally in this process. So you're supposed to go through healthy, productive motions, even though your body wants to stay stapled to the bed. I know that it's, it feels like you can't muster the energy, but you can. It's a choice. The next tool, luxury of civility. So I want you to look at Maslow's hierarchy. I know that it's probably something you vaguely know of, but you don't remember all the parts of it. So there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And from the bottom upwards, the needs are physiological. This is the very baseline. But that means food, shelter, sleep, water. Above that is safety. And that means the ability to care for our children, the ability to control our body and what happens to it. Uh, employment, health. Next above safety is love and belonging. And by love and belonging, I mean intimacy, connection to family, social connection. And then above love and belonging is esteem, meaning respect from others, a sense of agency and achievement. And then at the very top of this pyramid is self-actualization. And that is just being able to use our creativity and achieving potential. So this is about looking at context, seeing what led up to this act. We forget that all humans have the capacity to be pushed to pure reactivity, all of us. And when we are not bound by poverty or circumstances related to oppression, 
we have the luxury of resource. And by resource, I mean mental and emotional and energetic resource. And I bring this up to say to you, maybe what happened is something we would be all pushed to do, anyone, if they went through what you went through. I say this not to excuse the action, but to give you a starting point to making your turn. Because now is the moment to work on preventing it from happening again. So I want you to look at your hierarchy. Look at your pyramid. What got left off? Like what is missing? Are you able to have enough food? Are you safe? Are you able to sleep enough? Do you have shelter? Do you have employment? Do you have love and a sense of belonging in your life? I want you to look at what, where are the missing links here? And look at this as context. This is about attempting to fill a void where something is missing. That is a step you need to take today. Look at other factors that entered into this equation. Was there alcohol involved? Was there an inability to keep your body safe? This is about tracing the factors that have been benefited this act. It's like isolating the elements like you're a detective. So just see what made this. All right, the next tool, first things first. And that is a mantra. I want you to ask yourself throughout your day if you ever start to feel paralyzed or overwhelmed. First things first, what do I need to do first in service of action? Maybe it means... I have to eat something. Maybe it means I have to use the bathroom. Maybe it means I have to get help. So ask yourself this whenever you feel like you're at a breaking point. Okay, the next tool, one footprint. By that I mean one footprint of change. Today you are going to take one footprint. You're going to make one footprint. And that means you're going to get one new resource. And you're going to take one step in the right direction. There's a reason that this hurts you so badly. And your job is to unravel that. And be open to where that insight comes from. A lot of change and healing occurs when you welcome in all resources. And you try anything and everything. So just keep trying things until something actually helps. On the path to healing, you'll find a lot of dead ends. And that's because we have to find the tools that feel right for us as individuals. One thing that a lot of people say to me when they write to me is, oh, you're the first person that's made sense. And that doesn't mean that other people won't make sense to you. It just means you have to keep looking. I was the exact same way. I tried everything. I tried every different 12-step meeting. I tried every different type of book. I tried, I don't know how many therapists. I want to say, like, I don't even know. Over the years probably over 10 but you just have to keep looking until you find the person or the thing or the tool that fits you that exists whatever it is that occurred for you you need to bring in some insight or information from outside of you look beyond where you are looking now so today I just want you to get one book or one professional resource like maybe check out online therapy whatever it is Bring in a new team member or a new source of insight that is not yourself. All right, and the next tool is called get air on it. So just like a scab that is kept damp, when you keep this inside of you alone and not exposed to any air, 
it festers. So by get some air on it, I mean get some outside eyes on it. And maybe that means going to a 12-step meeting, sharing it with a group of people, or maybe sharing it with one other person. If you can squeeze this out of your body and say it to a group, like a group meeting, this, I would say, can be a faster path to healing. It seems crazy, but I think you get faster relief when you can share pain with others. And don't traumatize yourself. If that feels like, oh my God, that's the worst idea I've ever heard, don't force it. I forced it (laughs) many times. I tried, I forced myself to say things out loud, but then it's outside of you and it's not you anymore. It's outside of you. So tell somebody, otherwise this has a better chance of merging with your soul and taking over part of your person. It can squat inside of you and make you its bitch. So with that, before I close, I want to say a thank you to my latest sponsors. And I want to thank all my monthly sponsors. Every time I see your name come up in my email, I say a thank you to you. I hope you feel that energetically. So my latest sponsors, Julia, I got a huge donation from you. Thank you so very much. And Nicole, new Patreon, thank you so very much. A huge donation from Elizabeth, thank you times a million. Catherine, thank you so very much for your wonderful donation. And Stacy, a wonderful donation from you. Anyone out there who has the means, I'm so very grateful for the donations to this show. It really helps me so very much. And I appreciate all my monthly sponsors. And know that when I see your names pop up in my inbox, I send you a little thank you. So hopefully you feel that energetically. And anyone else that has the means, donations really help this show. And if you don't have the means, I get it. If you can refer a friend, it also helps. In closing, shame is a self-fulfilling prophecy. This act becomes all we define ourselves by, and with that, we serve it as our master. We fulfill it in the future, which is honoring it and benefiting it, which is wrong. It continues our wrongdoing. So that is the point I want you to decide your future based off of. It will come down to a choice. With crippling shame and self-hate, How you choose to heal and overcome it is a deliberate and constant choice. We choose to overcome it each day, to repeat the actions that serve changing our life's path each day. And with that conscious, deliberate action, despite our pain, we make amends with new actions. We make it right by confronting what has happened and doing whatever we can to better ourselves. And we learn about ourselves and we dry this rot out. And what happens on the other side of this shame is a gift. If you are still alive, then there is joy to be had in this life. You do not have to let this define you, no matter how long it has been. You can live a lifetime of misery and self-punishment. And if you choose to, you can come out the other end and turn it around. It's never too late to change. And I mean that, no matter how hard it might feel and how impossible it might feel the hardest and most important moment is choosing to turn around and walk in the other direction toward making amends and working on yourself and it's really important that you make that decision because the rest is just a series of motions that you do like you're rowing a boat you just keep going despite how tired and heavy you feel self-compassion exists as a possibility for you 
I can tell you from where I stand right now that there is a ratio that you will reach in just your conscious awareness where you have practiced living more of your life as a person you respect than as a person you hate. And then you will realize that that's who you are. It's like you'll really believe it. It won't be just like, you know, you're a fraud. It'll just be. It'll be like this invisible threshold. And you'll see yourself finally. But it means getting up up off the bed, forcing your body to take actions, and walking toward the light. And not succumbing to the desire to wallow. And it's so easy. It feels so right to wallow. I know it doesn't feel easy to stay where you are, like to face life. It all feels too hard. I get it. But now is the time to start to turn around. And you do have it in you. Because whoever you hurt, whether that's another person or just yourself, deserves better than that. And know that if you feel like you don't find the right kind of help, you just have to keep looking at different kinds of help. Because there's something that feels right for you. Even though, you know, you might hit 11 dead ends, but there's something that will work for you. You just have to keep trying until you find it. So I send you my love, and don't forget to smile. Smile.